Today on The Breakdown, we aren't just given names. We earn our names. Jake Schindler, Michael Adamo. Yes, we're going to break down a hand from them today where they are playing on day one of a $300,000 event. Of course we are. Of course we are. Of course there's going to be things that are just going to blow your mind. Adamo's going to make, you know, beyond advanced plays, and Schindler's going to have to try and respond. Of course that's going to happen. But we're not just talking about that. We're talking about the names that they've earned. Jake Schindler, like kick me in the Schindler. Yeah, that's not, that's not a coincidence. Michael Adamo, like a damn, a damo, damn this fucking guy mo that kind of a thing yeah yeah that's there for a reason people and you're gonna it's all gonna become apparent right now right here on the breakdown with grant dennison jonathan levy hey never has an opening made more sense (laughs) thank you that made so much sense (laughs) Like, I like Jonathan Levy. 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 Like, think about that. Okay. Yeah. Conspiracy theorists. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Levy. Yeah. Gr- Dennison. Oh, don't even start me what on What does that rhyme with? I mean, pretty uh, obvious. Uh, penison. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you said it, not me. Yeah, bro. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, How many Michael Adamo hands are we going to do from this tournament? I, I mean, it's never going to end because. There's more than this. We've this is the third one we've done from this tournament. At least, yeah. At least there's um, at least one more we're going to do. I know we're going to do the last hand of this tournament yep. because it's fascinating. Um, we could certainly do more. I would think. I mean, Nick Shulman, as he was commentating on this, often referred to Adama as one of the best of all time, and it seems a little premature on one level. On another level, he's clearly doing stuff that's different than everyone else and is rampaging. Over the fields these days. He's won three big events in a row, this pre-World Series. But he won the 50K, the 100K, and then the 300K, um, back-to-back-to-back uh, Poker Masters, and then the, uh, the Super High Roller Bowl main event. I mean, wh- or just the Super High Roller Bowl, I should say. What the hell? Like, who does that? No one does that. So I guess this is the time when we have to ask the questions. Here it is. Like, to me, it feels different than the other epic runs of the great players, mm-hmm. but has it always felt different during the run? Did Dan Coleman, the original, feel different? He did because he was the first one. And then after Dan Coleman, there was Fetter Holtz. Mm-hmm. That felt different. It did. And then there was Justin Bonomo, and then it started to feel the same, It felt maybe. Here's, here's my quick hit on that. Adamo stuff is all coming so packed together that it feels a little bit more like it's easier to dismiss as flash in the pan. I think if this had spread out over like four months, we might feel a little differently about it. Like these other guys spread them out a little bit. Also, they won, I think, on the whole, even bigger buy-in events yeah. too. Um, I mean, the Super High Roller Bowl, pretty much all of these guys won, right? Yeah. Pretty much. Um, and that's the biggest thing Adamo won. But like obviously Coleman won the one drop. Mm-hmm. And Holtz, I mean, these guys were all dominating the Super High Roller circuit is what we're really, we're really talking about. Yeah. Um, I mean, a 50K, a 100K, and a 300K, it's probably not enough to, to say we're in the era of Adamo, but it feels like we're really close to it. So like, the, you probably the, need to do a little bit more. The identifiable eras are Coleman, Holtz, Bonomo, Greenwood, and Adamo now, if, if Adamo counts. Is that correct? I think that's right. There was somebody. Who was the player who was saying that they were the one before Coleman? Uh there was, was, was actively talking about it, saying like it was before before that I was the guy. Oh, it was Dan Smith. 
Dan Smith said that. Now, that's not true. That is not my recollection of it either. But Dan Smith, he wrote up a whole thing about how he got, how he became this like high end, high stakes gambler type. And he, he considers himself the guy before Coleman. But I don't I, think anyone else did. I could see why you would if you had the success that Dan Smith yes. has had and the meteoric rise that he had. But I feel like he's like in the tier below as far as um, the peak of career stuff. I, agree. I mean, there's no question that's yeah. true. Um, or, or if that's not true, at least the, the perception around it, certainly that's the case. Right? Yeah. Like, like when Coleman happened, we were all like, I guess Seidel was before Coleman, if anyone. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, that's more fair. But no one ever talked about Dan Smith the way we talked about all these other guys. Yeah, like, like is this guy the new best in the world is right. always the question, right? Right, like, is he going to, and how long is he going to dominate for? Has he just got this figured out, or is this, like, his year? Because it seems like sometimes it's just someone's year, like, all these guys have basically had a year. And maybe that's sort of what works against Adamo a little bit, too, is that, again, he's having, like, a three-week period so far, or a month, and it's got to be more than that. Yeah. Although, of course, he, he's done very well in other places, but all these guys have. So the thing that's... Currently feels different. Of course, when you're in the era of X, yeah. it feel, that era feels different and special versus the other eras usually, I think. Yes, I think it always does. Um, but the thing that's different in the era of Damo, from my perception at this point, is they all had reverence from the poker community, right? Like, Feder Holtz feels especially like he had a lot of reverence from the oh, poker community. Oh, man, like, people fell all over themselves yeah. about him being maybe one of the goats. Right. With Adamo, I feel like the reverence is coming from the the right sources hmm. in a way that it probably was for the other guys too, but I can see it right now from like these very analytical sources. Like, of course, there's uh, Nick Shulman, who you refer to. That's a good source for yeah. it to come from. Ben CB, one of mm. the greatest analytical poker thinkers in the world, had tweeted like after Adamo did all this stuff in the Super High Roller Bowl and these things, he's, he said, I've, I said it six months ago and it's still true. Michael Adamo is the best poker play, tournament player in the world. Yeah. Like that's, that's a good source to have reverence for you. Like no that. question. Yeah. No question. It's, a, it's an exciting thing whenever we have one of these, one of these uh, periods where someone seems to be running over everybody else a little bit and then trying to see what is it that they're doing differently, if anything, like trying to see and figure that out, which is a very much a poker guy is kind of a thing right in our wheelhouse, really. That's what we do, right? We yeah. often analyze the elite players and try and figure out what they're doing. So when it feels like Adamo in this case, but before that it was Greenwood and before that it was Bottomo, et cetera, et cetera, um, it feels like they've like looked at everything and been like, all right, how do I beat everybody? Yeah. Here's how you do it. Here's like the next iteration. And, uh, and it feels like Adamo right now is, is doing that. And one of the things he's doing, I don't know how much that's going to come up in this hand, but sizing has been really... His sizing choices are really different than mm-hmm. other people's. Really stand out to me. The next hand we do of his, which won't be on this podcast, that's going to stand out for sure, which is the, the, one, the hand that he won this, this event on. Um, but we'll see. Maybe there's even some interesting sizing stuff here as well. In fact, there is now. That there is. There it. is, in fact. Very interesting. Stuff. Yeah. And uh, there's something I said to you before we started this podcast, referring to the sizing sort of and other things that he does. But it feels like he's kind of the next evolu- evolution of Max Steinberg. Like back right. when Max Steinberg made his main event final table run, he was kind of the like GTO underpinnings guy who was fucking with the dials, you know, like trying to do things that would make the, the good players misunderstand what was happening. Mm. He would let, I remember specifically, I think it was the year before he made the final table, he limped King Deuce of Hearts on the button and open limped it in, in the main event with aunties. And I was just like, what the, had, I know this guy's good, right? Am I wrong? Was I wrong about that? Yeah. And then like a couple hands later, he 4X with King 4 suited out of the hijack. It's like, what? Everybody 2Xs. What, yeah. What's happening? So that was all really cool to see. And obviously, Max Steinberg had a lot of success. It feels like Adamo is like a better version of that with, yeah. with, uh, with more wiggle and maybe more skill at applying it. Yep. 
more wiggle and more waggle. Yeah, I guess. Um, I think both Max Steinberg and Michael Adamo would agree with that statement that probably like, Max Steinberg is like even at his best, the poor a poor man's Michael Adamo. Sure, that's not a put down on Max Steinberg. Not at all. We're talking about, we're talking about Adamo is maybe one of the best players of all time. Yeah. Uh, no one ever talked about Steinberg in those terms, although clearly he was a very successful pro for a long time. And as we were just talking about before we started airing this or recording, uh, also one of the best DFS players, like at least was. I would guess he still is. I don't really know. But I know he was dominating DFS for a long time and making, I believe, millions of dollars playing yeah. that. So good for him. Like That's nice work if you can get it. Yep. So to kind of drive the point home that I think we're a little early in this whole Adamo love piece, his, op- his main opponent in this hand is Jake Schindler. And yeah. that's a guy who we've always had reverence for, but we've never thought of to enter the rarefied era of the Greenwoods, the Bonomos, the Holtzes, those Correct. guys. Um, he's got twice the, the live earnings of Michael Adamo. So, like, Adamo has a long way to go with, yeah. with a player like Schindler having significantly more earnings than Adamo. Like, Schindler has $27 million in live earnings. Adamo has $13.8 million in live earnings. And Schindler yeah, is five difference. years older. He's 32 and Adamo's 27. Here's a quick question. Yeah. Will Adamo have more than Schindler at age 32? Than Schindler has right now at age yeah. 32? Absolutely. Will Adamo have more than Schindler has when Schindler's 37 and Adamo's 32? When, like, when Schindler gets to keep going, too. Um, what's the difference right now? How much does Schindler have? $27 million. So it's double them. Yeah. Double them up. Okay. That's a more interesting question. I'm going to say yes, but that may... That, that may be I may be a prisoner of the moment. You that. you certainly may be because you know what strikes me is Sam Greenwood, who was part of the yeah. high roller circuit for a long time before he really had his moment. Jake Schindler is one of the many guys who could have his moment and just like start crushing it. Right, and Adamo's moment may end any second. Yeah, um, for multiple reasons. One, what he's doing may actually not work over the longer haul. He may actually be making mistakes that people haven't been either. He's been getting a little bit lucky, and or people may uh, may be able to adjust to them. And if he's not. It's like one thing to come up with the first innovation. Yeah. But if you're not able to keep coming up with innovations, this happens to football coaches all the time. If, you can't keep, if you're not an actual innovator, you just came up with something once, then you're not going to really make like it. Like Chip Kelly. Like Chip Kelly. Yeah. Great. This happens all the time in college football and, and all, at all levels of football. Um, I think that's true for poker to some degree, too. Obviously, Adamo's going to be fine and is going to be able to play on the high roller circuit for a long time no matter what. I'm not saying that. But in terms of maintaining this, this distance that he seems to have put bet- between himself and everybody else, um, if that's even a real thing, which yeah. is a little hard to tell right now, even of though he's doing some different stuff, um, I, I believe at some point people are going to be able to watch every hand he played because he's on these, you know, these streamed games. They're going to be able to figure out what he's doing currently and adjust to that. And if he doesn't have a counter move, then he's just going to fall right back to the pack. Right, and the question is, will he have counter moves? It's unclear right now. What, it's hard to know. What makes me think that he at least has a good chance of having counter moves is people like Ben CB saying he's the best tournament player in the world. Yep, and it's been six months. It yeah. wasn't like a week ago that right. Ben CB said that. Yeah, um, and I will say also, it feels like he's really thinking like, what can I do that's just going to mess people up in t- in such big ways, you know? And he just goes for value in places I wouldn't expect. He goes for bluffs in interesting ways. He sizes really differently. And I'm curious to watch as this, as this evolution, this sort of war continues between him and everyone else that it seems like he's put at least right now some space between if they can make the counter moves to catch up or if he's going to be able to keep countering those. You know, right. it's, a, it's basically a levering war between him and the entire high roller community right now. This actually comes from a Daniel Negreanu tweet, um, hmm. which makes me 
this this is where I'm getting my philosophy from. I think maybe what Adamo is doing, and of course, it's very hard to actually know what he's doing. But maybe the theory behind what he's doing is he's like, okay, all of these guys that I'm playing with are GTO wizards. They understand exactly how to not be exploitable in all of these different ways. But clearly, in practice, they are still exploitable. And I'm going to pinpoint the exact ways they are and take advantage in those spots. So I can be playing GTO, but also be exploiting these guys in the ways that they, as a community, overdo one thing or the other, yep. right? Whereas, like, uh, the hand against, he had a hand against Negranu, where it was a pretty famous hand where Negranu busted, right? Um, yep. And... And Negranu said, like, he, Negranu, who has gotten really into GTO stuff, like, put it through all of his systems and was like, that's actually supposed to lose him 28K chips. It's actually a bad play overall, according right. to this. But Adamo figured out how to exploit it in the right way, maybe, or he just got lucky. It's unclear. But it seems more likely, based on his recent success against these fields, that he found out the way to exploit these people. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, what it seems like is happening, and you've said this on previous podcasts with Adamo, is that he always goes for the spot. Yes. And what that might be is he's understanding there are spots that despite the understanding that his opponents have, they still overfold in these spots. And even if he has a fifth tier blocker hand, that's he doesn't need a first tier blocker hand. He's like, in fifth right tier spot. is good enough because the, right the spot. spot's good. You know, yeah. this, this notion to it, when Daniel tweeted that, which I think was a mistake for him to tweet. Yeah. Um, because all it does is come off of sour grapes, right? right Whether he's right or he's wrong. Saying that that way is is pretty it comes off as weak, and also in the greater context of Negranu's like complaining about bad beats and stuff like that, like from the World Series from 2020 and stuff like that, all the streaming stuff. I just think it's a mistake for him to do that. It's not helping his image, and his image is a lot of his value is derived from his image. Yes. Now. Um, but whatever, uh, Negranu saying that as if it's fact, as if it's fact, like that cost him 28k or whatever. Yeah. When he's not playing against a solver, Daniel, right. he's playing against you and. A, you're a calling station. <laughs> Everyone knows it. Uh, <laughs> B, you did make the call with the hand you're, quote, supposed to fold, right? Yeah. So what the fuck are you talking about? Like, uh, I don't know. It, it, that kind of stuff, I think, it, I think it's pretty interesting. Um, the other thing I think that Adamo's doing, though, is at least some of the time, and this comes back to some of the sizing choices he's making, too, is let's let's give these guys something they haven't studied for yet. Like, yeah. let me make it in, let me make it an amount or or make this play in this spot where they just either they haven't studied it or they've studied it so little because it doesn't come up, and so they're not really prepared for it. And they only have these thirty second time extensions, so they don't have time. Maybe they could figure it out. Give maybe Jason Kuhn, given enough time, can figure out any spot mm-hmm. at this point because he knows the solver stuff well enough. But he doesn't have unlimited time in these situations, right? He's got ten minutes total for the whole day, and he just can't use up. He just, you just put him in that spot three times, and he's, he can't figure it out. You know, he's going to make mistakes. And maybe that's part of what Adamo's doing, too. Yeah. And I say that thinking about a movie he's going to make really early on in this hand that we're about to do, where already it's like, what? Yeah, like, what the hell what, just how, happened? How do I respond to that? Exactly. What's the right play? It's unclear. And that's kind of the point. Yeah. It's very interesting, and I'm really happy that there are players like him around and that they're not just sideshows. They actually are successful. You know? Yeah. That's cool. Absolutely. I like that a lot. Um, I also like our Discord, which you is do. a place where we will have solver work done, speaking of solvers, mm. on this hand. Uh, that solver work is going to be done by Danny Sprung. In our Discord, we make a new thread for each individual hand that we do, and the solver, either Wesley or Danny, and maybe some others will come on board, uh, end up posting their entire work there. Now, we haven't seen the work yet as of now. We're not going to know what the solver says before we do our analysis. But at the end of the show, we're going to take a little pause take a look at what the solver said, come back and, you know, explain it, talk about the solver. So again, not tainted by the solver now, 
We're going to talk about it later. But if you want to see a full write-up instead of just the highlights that we talk about later, check out our Discord. There's a link in the description. There's also general poker talk. You can post your hands for review. Um, lots of food stuff. <laughs> you know, it's, it's <laughs> so like, many food takes. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. So uh, check out the Discord. Join the community. You can be really part of an active Poker Guys community. We join in all the time. I'm always on there shooting yep. the shit with the folks. Yeah. It's fun. Uh, anyway, this hand was suggested by Casper Kwok, Ovi Kenobi, two, two quite good suggestors. I mean, that's just saying yeah, this hand was suggested by Michael Jordan and, you know, Kyrie Irving, two two pretty good players. Why would you say Kyrie Irving? Well, well just because Kyrie's like an all-star type player and Michael Jordan's the greatest player of all time. Yeah. Casper is, is not just a Hall of Famer. Kyrie has so much baggage. Why would you yeah. use Kyrie? Uh, it's because we've been talking about him yeah. recently because he's been in the news so much. You're right. He's not the bit. Paul Pierce, you know, whatever. Sure. Maybe Paul Pierce is too good even. I don't know because he's a Hall of Famer too. Um, but Casper Kwok is a Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Dude, um, Obi Kenobi's come on super strong, definitely deserves a lot of credit. But wow, what you just did to put them in the same sentence and at the same level, like, wow. Well, I'm just talking about... This is giving props to a new suggester who suggested along with these excellent oh, suggestors, yeah. which is better oh. up. Oh, so you're actually trying to separate them there. Yeah, I'm saying... I think, I think we got three tiers here. First, well, first time... Well, okay, fine, but it's good <laughs> as a first-time suggester to be along yeah. these suggestors. That means you're on the right track, That's better up. That's a great point. You're yeah. right. You're right. Good job, better up. Yeah. Good job, Ovi Kenobi. Obviously, Casper Kwok, every hand you do is... Like, we expect you to suggest this hand probably days before you suggested it. I I can't believe it took so long. I expect Casper Kwok at this point to suggest hands before they happen. Yeah. To be like, tomorrow, there's going to be an incredible hand between Adamo and Negreanu at at 3.33 in in the PokerGo video. Please, please do it. And we'll be like, what do you mean tomorrow? He's like, well, when they play tomorrow... That's what I figured Casper Kwok is like Tom Cruise in Edge of Tomorrow on his like 9,000th go-round <laughs> through the day. He knows exactly what's going to happen like an hour and 14 minutes in. He's like, no, you, you should duck right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he was like Tom Cruise in, um, oh, what's the one where he's, Minority Report, you know, which is similar, also like a yeah. future thing, which also could have been that. Tom Cruise in a lot of these, these kinds of movies, a lot of sci-fi <laughs> movies. Basically, Casper Kwok is probably Tom Cruise. That's he, our best guess. He's actually like Tom Cruise in Oblivion. Where there's several of him? Actually, he's like Tom Cruise. That's a spoiler. Actually, he's like yeah. Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible 3 mm. because his antagonist is very Philip Seymour Hoffman-esque, you know? Yes, yes. Is that what you did? Remember the plane? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right. Let's get into the hand, though. We've okay. really been fucking around. Let's get into the hand. Actually, that was... Of the fucking around periods of the podcast, that was one of the least fucking around no, of them. I know. We, we spent a lot of time talking about Michael Adamo's place in history and why he's there. It's, pretty, it's actually very pokery. Yeah. And for all you new listeners, it's always like this. Oh, yeah, it's always <laughs> all about poker. Don't worry about it. Let's get to this fascinating hand. Okay. All right. Jake Schindler is under the gun. I believe this is an eight-handed tournament, right? So um, that sounds right. It doesn't matter. He would open it even if he was under the gun in a nine-handed tournament or a ten-handed tournament. It's queens. Oh, well, yeah. It's fifteen hundred, fifteen hundred uh, chip big blind. Chindler's got two hundred ninety k. Oh wow! So he's got almost two hundred blinds here. Yeah, we're deep. Everybody's yeah, it's, it's deep. Day one. It's day. It's early day one. Okay. Of the super high rollable, although it can't be that early based on Adamo's stack. Oh, he's um, already busted somebody. Is that what you're telling me? It, it looks must like have. Uh, he. Oh, look, he busts. He busts Negreanu. Yeah, that's what it is. That's right. Like like super early. Right. All right, so Schindler opens to 4K under the gun with two black queens. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds great. Here's where things already get weird. Michael Adamo is in the big blind. He's got 570K. Yeah. 
And I wonder if this decision is a function of him doubling up and he's like, I can leverage my double up stack right now because nobody wants to bust early in the super high roller bowl, right? Yeah. He's got seven, eight of hearts, so obviously he calls. Yeah. Oh, wait, never mind. It's Michael Adamo. No. He's 12 levels past all of us. He's, he's got a massive stack. He's got seven, eight of hearts in the big blind. It's like the best hand to call with in the world. <laughs> it really seems like it is. He three bets to 28,000. Oh, my God. Schindler opened to 4K. Yeah. Okay. This is an 18 and a half blind three bet over a two and a half blind open. Yeah. But okay. I mean, if you're going to three bet, the big sizing makes some sense for a few reasons. Number one, Schindler opened under the gun. He's got a much stronger range than normal. Sure. So you'd want to three bet bigger because you want to still have some fold equity. And Schindler, in theory, if you, if you do a normal sizing here, he's probably calling with 100% of his range. Yeah. And, and you really wouldn't want that no matter what you have. Um, number one. Number two, it's also a function, I think, just of the, the massive depth that we're seeing here, right? So Schindler's got almost 200 blinds to start with. So making it bigger is the way you start to threaten him a little bit, right? Because if you did any kind of normal sizing here, it's no threat at all. Like, how many times have you and I been in, you know, not not a 300K tournament, but a relatively big tournament, and someone three bets just too small? You know, all the time. Or just like we're super deep. It's level two. It's level one. You start with 400 blinds, and someone three bets you to eight blinds. You're like, well, I'm calling with almost my entire range. Yeah. Like, who cares? Maybe I'll flop two pair. You know, like, I have a chance to bust you. You have something. You know, it's like super easy to call. Yeah, I think this is actually, yeah, I mean, I don't know about doing it from the big blind as like a rule. You know, probably not something you should typically do. That's the most surprising part. Yeah, it's from the big blind. But I think it's a good lesson to to everybody here who's a tournament player that like, sure, you might have this kind of conceptually in your head that in tournaments, you know, in position three bets are like two and a half to three X and out of position are like four to five X, right? But if you're super deep, that's just not enough. Uh, against players who are competent and know what they're doing, right? Like, maybe that's yeah. just not enough. Like, conceptually, sure, you're supposed to do more out of position. Michael Adamo is making it almost 20 blinds here. This is maybe the best player in the world. We should take notice of that. I think you're right. I think we should. And what's Jake Schindler supposed to do with queens? Well, he's never folding queens. No. I, I think, actually, almost no matter what the sizing, he's probably just calling with the queens because he doesn't want to... Because it's such a strong decision to three-bet from the big blind, the under-the-gun open anyway. Yes, What's the point of four betting queens here? What do we? What good things can happen? I guess if Schindler, if uh, Adamo has jacks exactly or tens exactly, we can get action and be way ahead. But against most of the continuing range, we're often in trouble. We, if we size it correctly, which we're supposed to, we might even fold out jacks and tens, which would be a disaster. So calling feels like the only option. Is that something that Adamo is accomplishing here with this sizing, forcing no, almost no four bets? Yeah, like can Schindler four bet aces? Well, if he, well, he can as long as he has a bluff in there, too. As long yeah. as he's got, like... Uh, so I, I would guess the answer is yes. Schindler's got to be able to threaten that. Yeah, but uh, maybe he's not prepared for it with this sizing, right? Yeah. Which is the whole Michael Adamo thing, right? That, like, he's like, you're not ready. Like, you have a range that you're supposed to four, but I understand that you have that prepared. Do you ever prepared when I make it 18 and a half blinds? Like when you're going to have to put in 25% of your stack with this four bet instead it, of a much smaller percentage? 25% of your stack in one of the biggest tournaments of the year... In level one. Yeah. So, like, where you're super freaking deep, and, like, why would you do that? Like, you just don't want to do that almost ever. So, Schindler's going to have very few four bets uh, when, when he does this. I think you're absolutely right. Now, that's probably true almost no matter what because of the, how deep we are. Yeah. Like, I would guess Schindler's probably four betting kings a lot. Maybe not when it's this size. I'm not sure what he does at this sizing. But if it's a more normal 
three bet sizing, I would guess he's going to four bet Kings. Yeah, but it's not, and I think right. that's really interesting. Like, is yeah. Adamo making it so that Schindler's has to reduce his four bet range by a lot? Like, he maybe he still four bets aces and a couple ace wheel suiteds. Yeah, but he reduces his bluffs and his value, which means Adamo gets to see the flop in the times that he is called way more frequently. And also, like, if you're Schindler and you've got, let's say you open nine ten suited here, we're in position. You fold. You we fold. just fold, right? Because yeah. it's so expensive. And like, boy, well, the thing we don't want to do is make a flush and have him have the nut flush, which yeah. can happen. And if, you know, like there's weird, there's weird reverse implied odds with these, some of those kinds of hands. Um, if you've got a baby pair, I guess we can call because we're deep enough. We can call anyway. Is that true? Is that even true? How many, he makes it 18 and a half lines. We started with almost 200. Yeah. It's close. It's not great. Yeah. So, like, wow. So, actually, he has fold equity. Here's the bigger question, though. Okay, so that's this problem Schindler has. With Queens, it's pretty easy. We're just going to call in position and yeah. play a hand. That's fine. Why is Adamo doing this, though? He's got, as you said, 8-7 of hearts, the perfect. I put in one blind or one and a quarter blind. Like, why is he call. choosing this hand to do it with his, I guess, what you're asking? Yeah, yeah. Of why why, we have a perfect situation, it seems, against the under-the-gun open with a great hand to see a flop with. The only thing we're giving up is initiative. And we get, to keep, we get to keep everything deeper, which is good for our hand. We want things to be deeper with our hand. It's, it seems an odd decision to do it with this hand. So what do you think is going on there? Now, I don't know if he would have done this had he not doubled up already. Right. But it's possible he's like, the way I win this tournament is to accumulate chips for the entire tournament. Like, I'm going to make every pot that I'm in bigger than these guys want to play. I can afford to lose a pot or two here. It's going to be really hard for them to play against me in these spots and really hard for them to range me. Even if that was the thought process, it's strange to do it in level one, and it's strange to do it with this hand in this spot. You know? Like, yeah. there's so many opportunities to raise against not the under-the-gun opener and with a hand that doesn't play as well to just call for super cheap closing the action. You know what I mean? All right. This it is seems not very a, odd. This is not a perfect answer, but let me Socratic method you a little bit. Hit me. You're Jake Schindler. Yes, I am. Are you putting Michael Adamo on 7-8 of hearts? Never. There you go. That's something good. Yeah. That's, yeah. The, that's clearly the, the one really good thing is like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, can't have that hand. Um, so there's some value there for sure. Again, though, it's, the thing that just keeps striking me, and I'm, this is not a critique. This is a question, right? Uh, why are we picking this hand? Besides, okay, it's hard to put us on this hand. It's level one. If it was level six even, that makes more sense to me where there's more chips to win relative to our stack and even the other player stack, like let's say we put we, we make it twenty eight thousand and Schindler folds two sevens. Is that a huge victory? We've won fifty five hundred chips. We have six hundred thousand in front of us. It's less than one percent of our stack we've just added. Does it matter that much? I mean everything matters a little, but it's so marginal it seems okay here's it seems another, like an odd decision. Here's another theory world thing that's Hit me. probably wrong. Michael Adamo is looking at the tournament landscape. Obviously, the super high rollers are a different landscape than general poker. But let's say, like, fields like the World Series of Poker main event. Yeah. A lot of people who are hyper successful in the main event are willing to put chips in more than their opponents are and are just out aggressing the field. Yeah. And that's a very effective strategy in in tournaments where people really value their tournament life and care about the money. Um, it's usually not going to be effective against the good players, right? That's not, that's not a strategy that typically works. But against the field in the main event, you can accumulate a lot of chips by being the guy willing to do that. Yep. I'll say this, too, that I would think most of the players would be going into this strategy-wise, thinking like, all right, I'm going to take the first few levels, take my time, play tight. There's not a lot to win in the first few levels. I don't need to play any big pots unless I have a reason to. You know, and if you're like, I'm just going to steal every pot I can from the, from the get-go... 
okay, sometimes it's going to work really poorly for me, but a lot of times I'm going to accumulate, even at these smaller levels, a fair amount of chips pretty quickly, and then I can, I'm maybe the best in the world with a big stack. I can now push people around more. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe the thought is like Schindler's going to play extra tight because it's early, and if I'm the guy who's going to play extra not tight, I, get, I pick up all this extra edge on him and everyone else. Of course, it also just puts the whole table on notice. Seems really early to do so, but the whole table on notice is like, just stay out of my way, people, because it's going to be like this all day long. I mean, there's a second piece of it, right? Yeah. Which is like, so I, to, to finish my theory off, it was those, those types of players are very successful in the main event, but they're doing it in a way that's been done for a long time. Yes. Everybody can recognize it. Yes. Adamo theoretically looked at this. He said, okay... Players who just make the print money in these spots, how do they do it? Okay, I can't translate that. But can I tweak it in order to translate it to the super high rollers? And when you say you can't translate it, it's because, of course, Schindler and company all have easy counter moves against yes. these players, right? They've seen it a million times. They like it when people do that because they know what to do. Right. Okay. But as a Damo, you say, like, okay, how can I do that same thing against these players? Right. Where is the alpha yeah. in this tournament? And the alpha might be early on where everyone else is like, ah, the pot's small anyway, it's not a lot, I'm just going to surrender, and people are going to surrender way more than you'd expect. Or maybe not expect, people are going to surrender all the time because there doesn't seem to be as much to fight for, and while they're giving up a million small pots, they all go to you. Yeah. And now suddenly you've got 25%, 30% more than everyone else, and once in a while you cooler somebody, mm-hmm. uh, if you get lucky, right? And this is, I mean, it's working really well for Adamo, so it seems like this, is, this may be part of the strategy of, like, the place to steal from these guys is where they're not expecting it, where they haven't planned for it, yeah. like we're saying, right? And like, they're all coming into level one. Almost none of them are like, I'm going to steal every pot, because right. why would you? Nobody's right. willing to bust yet, right? It, right? It's just like the main event. Like, the last time I played the World Series of Poker main event was 2019, and you could, you could register on day two, uh, at the beginning of day two. And I had a bad day one, so I was like, at 40 blinds at the beginning of day two, yeah, which meant I didn't have a lot of stuff I could do. But something I got to observe on day two was this guy. I don't know who he was. He was clearly a, a pro, probably a cash game pro, who was talking about, and I believed him because he looked tired as hell, that he had just landed on a plane from London just to like, yeah, I'm just going to take a shot at the main event, whatever, like for fun. And he just was there, and he opened every hand, and he three-bet every hand, and it was extremely effective. It's and, incredible. And I just watched it happen, and he just accumulated a massive stack. He ultimately busted me when I had kings against his aces. Oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so he actually had it sometimes, I guess. Well, yeah. They're always yeah. going to have it sometimes. But that, that's really interesting. Yeah, you know, so he's doing like the rudimentary version, but it was hyper-effective. Yeah. I remember, uh, I think it was also 2019. Maybe it was 2018. Pretty sure it was 2019. This guy named Mickey somebody. Mickey Rourke? Not Mickey Rourke. I want to say Mickey Clark, but I don't think that's it. He was an older guy. He, had, he wore a hat. He was terrible, but he played every hand. He did the same kind of thing where he just raised every pot, bet every flop, just played aggressively, and was just winning. Eventually, it didn't work for him. Of course. But like, also, he was an amateur and was just doing this, and everyone just got out of his way. And it was very obvious what's going on, but it doesn't matter, right? Now, Schindler and company, if it gets too obvious, it will matter. Yes, right? of They're course. They're going to play back at Yeah. You. Um, they're going to hold on and all these things. But Adamo's probably got his frequencies down to the point where it's hard to pick up on it. Yeah, so maybe Adamo has like mastered the scientific art of being the bully instead of just being this like mm. non-theoretical, just I'm going to be aggressive and it's going to work guy. Yeah, well, you really, the, the, the perfect bully against great players is where they're like, am I getting bullied? I, yeah. I'm not sure. As opposed to like, you know, in the main event on the bubble, it's like, oh, yeah, that guy's bullying everyone. It's like yeah. super obvious. You right. know, like you have to not even be sure if the guy's bullying you probably to do it right against the best players. Of course. Otherwise, they're like, oh, well, if he's bullying me, I'm going to change all my ranges, you know, yeah. I'm going to change all my frequencies. No problem. I know what to do. Instead of like, 
I don't know if I'm supposed to change or not. And that's how you screw them up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's good. So maybe that's what's going on. Yeah. I don't know. It's very, very interesting. Adamo, three bets, the big blind with seven, eight of hearts when he just doesn't to have to. To 18 and a half blinds over two and a half. When he just doesn't have to. Everything about that is unexpected. Maybe that's really just the Occam's razor of it is like yeah. everything he does is unexpected if possible. How do you beat the best players in the world? Show them something they haven't prepared for. Yeah. Makes sense. Anyway, Schindler calls. Of course, that makes sense. Yeah, of course he does. Like, four betting feels like just not a good idea. Oh, God. What good things can happen when we four bet? I mean, we can get called by some worse hands sometimes, but... Yeah, I mean, ultimately, like, you would think that players would adjust over time and Adama won't be able to pull this off because they will four bet with hands like Queens and and more of a, a range. But Adama, of course, is not the guy who's just one note, like... He's going to be balanced in a way that makes it impossible to actually beat him by doing that. I, I would I would believe so. Or, or at least as soon as he sees players adjust correctly, yeah. then he can start being more balanced. Right. right. Um, yeah. I mean, and, and if you're Schindler, you know you're not going with Queens, right? Like, yeah. you're never going to put in 200 blinds, even against Adamo, with Queens here. That's absurd. Yeah. So you just, you just feel like, I can't really 4-bet because I can't stand a 5-bet. Queens is too good to turn into a bluff, which is almost what I'm doing. Not exactly, because I wouldn't mind getting called. If I get called when I four bet, I'm almost always ahead. Not always ahead, by the way. But Adamo's also the kind of guy who could take ace queen and just shove on me because he's got the chips to do it. Like he can afford for it not to work. He's got blockers. He knows I'm probably folding queens. And if he, even if I call with queens, it's a flip anyway. Like I don't want any of that as Jake Schindler. So we just have to call. Yeah, it's it's crazy how Adamo puts him in this spot. It's like he gets to see the flop with seven eight of hearts no matter what. Even yeah. though he, even though he made this huge, I mean, day. he's paying a lot of money to do it when he could have paid a lot less. But right? he can really afford to do it. He can afford to do it, and now the the hand is a completely different dynamic than it had previously. Yeah. Right, so that's pretty interesting. It's cool. Yeah, not quite as cool as the monthly poker guys tournament on nitrogen sports. No, not not even close. There's nothing as cool as sweet, sweet expected value. Oh, it tastes so good. It's like, hey, I'm expected value, and everyone's like, damn. I like that guy, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, it's like that. It's like a chocolate fountain, but like well, with really good chocolate. Like they spent how much on the chocolate fountain? <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, it's a chocolate fountain. It's for decoration, right? Yeah. That's no, ex- it's actually like, that's Swiss chocolate, man. That, that's, the, that's the kind of expected value we're talking about in these nitrogen monthly always overlay tournaments. Automatic overlay. God, I just took on your word. The automatic overlay tournament. The automatic overlay tournament. Which no one calls. It's not officially called that, but we call it It's that. called the Poker Guys Monthly Tournament on there, but we call it the automatic overlay tournament, which they should probably change it well, to. You know why we call it that, right? Because there's always an overlay. Because it's an automatic overlay grant. Yeah, 40% or more of the prize pool is put in extra by Nitrogen Sports because they capped the player pool at 300. They would need to get 500 players to meet the guarantee. So yeah, they're just... Lighting money on fire. What we want to do is just give the community thousands of dollars every month. We've been doing this for years, by the way. I mean, the amount of how much if we added all up the overlays over the years. I mean, if we did, it's in Bitcoin too. If we, I mean, if we, we, if we, we include the current price no, of Bitcoin, that's not fair. Oh, just, that'd be just at the, it might be a million dollars at the iterated prices. <laughs> yeah, of Bitcoin. yeah, it has to be at the time of the of the thing. Yeah, still, it's it's probably the overlay has probably been over a hundred thousand. Oh, for sure, it maybe has. up to two hundred thousand. I would guess it's at least a hundred k, if not if not one hundred fifty, two hundred k. Yeah, and that's Bitcoin prices at the time. If you held the Bitcoin, if you the overall, if we just we did current prices, it's in the millions for sure. Yeah, I mean that's super sick. It is. 
Get in there, man. It sounds like we're lying. It that's does. How, that's how good Do it is. Do the fucking math. It's crazy. Yeah. They're just giving it away. They've been doing it forever. It's amazing. Use the link in the show notes, or you don't even get to see that tournament in the lobby. That link also gets you access to other cool stuff on Nitrogen, including like March Madness free brackets where they pay out uh, in yeah. Bitcoin. NFL Survivor Pools for free where they pay out. I mean... Because why not? It's free money. Why not just give away more free money? Yeah. It's great. It is great. Get in there. Get you some poker. poker. Oh, all right. Here we go. Seven eight of hearts for Adamo and the massive three bet out of the big blind. Jake Schindler is like, what do I do? I hate it. But I'm Jake Schindler. I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. I'm going to call with Queens and I get to be in position against a guy who doesn't have to have it here. Yeah. That's good. Yep. 58,500 in the pot. The flop is king of hearts, seven of clubs, five of spades. Schindler did not want to see that king. Nope. So pretty- He's got two back doors, a pair, but that king. I mean, Schindler does have... Uh, some ace king, I think. I think he plays ace king like this too. Schindler, yeah, yeah, Schindler. Um, but of course, that's that's all over Adamo's range. So does Adamo, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Adamo plays ace king no, like uh, that. Yeah, Adamo probably has more ace king because Schindler's probably got some four bets with ace king. Yeah, right? a few. At that's least. more of a four bet than queens because you block aces and yeah. kings. Yeah, but probably it's just a call anyway. Almost always, they probably in practice are calls. Probably. All right, so Adamo's got an interesting decision here because yeah, he has flop middle pair. On this 5-7 king board. He sure has. So how do you approach it? Like, you can't start thinking about game theory disaster stuff yet. It's too early in the hand. Like, if I can I only get called by better hands? That's not really the only concern you should have if you consider betting. But you should think about it. Yeah. Um, I think we can only get called by better hands if we bet. I think ace-queen would fold to almost any bet here. Yep. Um, we have a 7. I don't know if Schindler even has worse pairs than a seven because, as we were saying, we don't think the implied odds were really No, I think he call. folds pocket sixes. Yep. So if we bet, we can only get called by a better hand. We're doing some different kind of stuff, though, here, right? Like, we three bet this hand, which was an interesting start yes. already. I think we're definitely supposed to bet A, to deny equity, B, to sort of define the hands a little bit and tell a story and to give us options. Also, we do have two back doors. Like, we can improve some equity pretty awesomely on the turn. Um, I don't really know why we wouldn't bet, except that like only better hands than can call us, but we're not going to bet big. It's, so it seems, I, a bit like like a, seems like a bit of a lesser version of the Sean Winter hand um, when we did the Sean Winter versus Alex Foxen hand where mm-hmm. Winter took Queen 10 and three bet that out of the big blind. Yeah. Now, that, that was a squeeze. There was another player, so it's a little different. And it was against uh, the cutoff and the, and the yeah, small blind. But, but yeah. nonetheless, the situation ended up similar where he flopped middle pair right. on a board, A-side board, A-side board and he bet... And ultimately, what we concluded was Winter's strategy involved keeping his options open. Yes. Right? No matter what the Game 3 disaster police would say um, at (laughs) at different points in the hand. Yep. And maybe that's part of Adamo's game as well, is the whole, like, I get to to have this uncapped range in so many spots where my opponent just doesn't know what to do with my range. Yep. By the way, if you're Adamo, you're pretty happy to take it down right now. Like, even if you're up against Ace-Queen... We just built a pretty big pot. Yeah. And we get to win with a, a pair of sevens, which, you know, like if we check, it's going to be harder to win, right? Because Schindler might start putting pressure on us. And how much can we really call anyway? Yeah. We can call one street, but after that, it gets really tough. So it feels like, yeah, keeping our options open and playability just demand a bet here. Do you think that's true Is if Adamo had pocket queens? Would, would you apply uh, all of those same things? That's a great question. Well, equity denial is much less of a thing. Yeah. Much, much, much less of a thing. Um, I think we're probably supposed to bet even pocket queens here. Oh, man. I go back and forth on this. Like, the board, the board says we normally bet here, right? Yeah. So I like that. Um, 
I think we can get called by worse hands now with pocket queens too. So there's no, like we can get called by jacks and tens and nines. Yeah. Maybe even eights if eights are there. I think eights could be there. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty great. Uh, if we check, checking's okay. To, I don't know. I'm sort of, I'm in between. What, what would you want to do if you had queens here? I think both are fine. I think queens is better for checking. Of course. Um, like you said, you could get called by worse hands with queens if you bet. That's a nice advantage for betting with queens. But checking with queens is like a much easier check call. You, you feel oh, a little yeah. bit more comfortable check calling. Especially more than one street. But, especially, but even the first street, yeah. Yeah. Um, you also can't improve as easily with queens. But you already have a better hand, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like, so, but it feels better to, to be the aggressor with the seven where like, the ways you improve are a little bit disguised. That's true. So you like you continue betting on, on cards that are supposed to hit Schindler a bit more than you, or like or how can you keep betting that if you have pocket aces type of cards and it actually made you a much better hand? I think betting queens is kind of nice because it sort of sets us up really well for the rest of the hand. Meaning like we bet and he calls. Yeah. Right. Okay, sometimes he's got a king. A lot of time he has a pocket pair below us. Mm-hmm. We're checking almost all turns, yeah. I think. Um, if he checks back, we're usually ahead. If he bets, we're usually behind. Yeah. And it's pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. So playability-wise, I like that. And we can get some value with queens. If it goes check, check, we can consider going for very thin value on the river, if we, depending on the river and if we, depending on our opponent, right? Yeah. Um, so that, that makes some sense to me also. Obviously, no, you're up against Schindler or another great player in these super high roller balls. They're not always going to play super straightforwardly, of course. No, they're not. But still, when we bet, if we get called, like, I don't think he's calling ace-queen. Right, especially if we have ace queen, ace jack suited. Yeah, like I just don't think he's calling those hands. So, well, the thing about betting seven eight of hearts here that feels better than betting queens is when we get called, it feels a little better almost, even though like we are never ahead. Mm-hmm. It's just like things can happen that can be good for us in the future, and it's a little bit easier to play. There are a lot of good cards for us on the turn. All hearts. Um, it's a uh, six seven x five seven king five seven king goes so a six makes us open ended a heart gives us a heart draw obviously a seven or eight is good also a nine is okay a nine a is four is okay too. yep and uh and really none of those cards should seem very scary to schindler which yeah. is kind of interesting yeah um so yeah so that that's a really great point we have a lot of turn barrels that we don't necessarily have with queens we have almost none with right queens. right which is interesting yeah of course with queens we don't necessarily need to get them to fold yeah it just it feels more playable yep it's more playable. Yeah. It's weaker, but more playable. It's interesting. Yeah. Anyway, Adamo does bet. That's yeah. 19K. I think I would, if I ever did this, which I haven't in my life that I can recall, um, <laughs> except maybe in our 5 cent, 10 cent home games, yeah. you know, like uh, I think betting feels better and I like it. Yeah. I think, I think I'm always betting here too. So Adamo bets 19K into 58.5. It's pretty standard down bet. Yep. It's like full days queen, call with jacks, move on. Let's go. Schindler has one option, right? Yeah. Like, well, you, is there going to be a spot eventually if the Adamos of the world keep rising and rising where people feel like they have to raise queens sometimes in this spot? But to do what? Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think we understand much. theoretically yet where they will be. Like, I'm just mm-hmm. wondering if we will we'll walk down that path as the elite I mean, poker players. Daniel Granu and others started raising weak top pairs against other great players very effectively, mm-hmm. which at first we were, we were quite critical of. And then as we watched it play out, we were like, but it works. Yeah. Because these guys are sticky. If they're betting any pair, they're always calling. And, right. And, and it always put, I remember Negrano always being in a really weird spot on the turn after his ace four check raise got called when he just got an ace, you know, and no yeah. kicker. Um, but those hands worked out pretty well for him ultimately, right? Because 
when Dan Coleman calls, and then Dan Coleman had like seven nine and flopped a nine or something. Yeah, and he's like, um, "How can you have anything except for aces up?" Yeah, so he calls the flop bet, the flop race because he has something. It goes check check on the turn and grounds. Like, oh, I'm usually ahead, not always, but usually now when he checks back, like mm-hmm. he has a lot of one pair of hands that aren't as good, and Daniel gets more value than he otherwise would have. Like, and it's cool. Yeah. Um, it's a weird and it's very confusing. It's really hard to know where he's at because, like you said, it's usually aces up or better than when he checks the turn. It looks like he had a bluff that he's giving up on, right? And none of that's true. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Um, so maybe you're right. Maybe queens could be a raise in some spots. It seems practically like a crazy idea, of course, because it feels like we fold out jacks and we get called by ace king. Um, but maybe there'll be a place where it makes sense. We might I'm end not up. Sh- I'm, we, not sh- we, I'm not sure how we get to that place. That sounds like we'll never get there as I'm, as we're articulating it, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I would guess that there would be some players who in the, in the scheme of poker in the year 2002, were probably at like Jonathan Levy and Grant Dennison skill level who would have said like, I can't see a place where I wouldn't check raise top pair on the flop. Right. Like why would, why would I yeah, never I want to find out where I am. Yeah, why would I not? Yeah. 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 That's what they did. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. Just all the time. Top pair. Find out where you are so you can fold later. Yep. Unbelievable. <laughs> but, you know, people didn't know what to, what to raise, what to bluff. Semi-bluffing was not a big thing yet, so you could get away with that a little bit more. Anyway. Right. So what I'm saying is, from yeah. their perspective, they couldn't see of course. 18 years down the line. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah. I mean, this is, it's an iterated game, so yeah. stuff is going to get going wonky directions sometimes, as Adamo's showing us. They're going to keep going wonky. Okay, good. Tell you what. Okay, good. So Schindler calls, of course. Yeah. The pot is 96,500. The turn is amazing for Adamo. It is, besides a seven or an eight, the best card in the deck for him. It's the six of hearts. I mean, that's crazy good. Yeah. So the, the board is now king of hearts, five of spades, seven of clubs, six of hearts. So Adamo has middle pair and the open-ended straight draw and a flush draw. And by the way, not that it should matter, but he blocks the nuts too. He does. Like, yeah. that's just a nice little bonus. Yeah, I mean, Schindler, Schindler never, probably has eight nines. No, he probably folds probably eight nines folds for the it. sizing. 18 yeah. and a half blinds. Yeah. Probably. But just in case Schindler wasn't folding it, also we blocked the nuts. Yeah. A little bit. So it's cool. It is um, cool. I mean, I know what's going to happen. Yes. But here's what I'm going to say. Please say something. If I'm Adamo, it feels like a very clear bet to me. Oh, yeah. Like... We bet, the, we bet the flop. We know we're getting called by all these one pair. All the, we now say, okay, well, he's got a king or he's got a pocket pair. That's what he has. Most of the time. Sometimes a slow-played set, but I don't know if he even has any of the sets on it's the board. Hard. So might have a set of kings, but, you know. I mean, okay, yeah. sure. Fine. That's going to be a problem right. for us. But actually, we can beat that now, too. Yeah. We, have, we have outs to beat that, too. Um, but what I'm trying to do now is fold out everything below a king. Yeah. All the one pair hands below a king. I figure I'm not folding out a king because he called. He's got king, queen suited or better with his kings, probably. Yes. Right? Maybe, maybe even just ace king with our sizing. He might have king, king jack suited. Maybe. maybe. But he's calling with all those. Yeah. That again. That's fine. But if I can fold out queens, jacks, tens, nines, eights, and I block eights, but still, that feels like a huge victory. And, and Along if I with get the called, equity I have. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And if I get called, it's okay. Yeah. This feels like a slam dunk bet. Adamo checks. I know. So, uh,. Is he just George Costanzaing this? Is he just doing the opposite? <laughs> I mean, that's probably too simplistic, right, for Adamo. Oh, is he doing the contest? <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, what, what good things come out of checking here versus betting besides you'd always bet this hand? What okay. else comes out of this? We already, we already can't put him on this hand. Well, that was Schindler, the point. Schindler has queens, so he checks back. Of course. Um, maybe Adamo is hoping to get a check raise in. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Wow. So he's like, 
Schindler pretty much tops out at one pair. Even if it's ace-king, it's one pair. Yeah. So I could put a check raise in here, and it's incredibly hard for, for him to continue even with that hand. And the, I can fold out all the kings now. And the key piece is that it's the king of hearts. So Schindler cannot have him in jail with uh, the king x of hearts. Great point. Yeah. Great point. Um, so that's pretty sweet, actually. And you're like, maybe you're sitting there thinking, like, Schindler's just going to fold ace-king. Yeah. Like, and, he, and if he calls, he can't have ace-king of hearts. So I at right. least have reasonable outs against that. Right. Um, it's a pretty good spot. Yeah. Oh, you know what? That makes more sense than he's checking for, like, hoping to keep the pot smaller to check call, which feel, check calling feels can't be right Yeah. in this spot because we're just losing. So why would we check call if we're losing when we have full deck? All right, here's the thought process maybe behind what, Ad- what Adamo's got going on here. Okay. Um, if Schindler has a king, he's probably going to bet with some frequency at least. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I can check raise against those. Maybe sometimes he'll fold. If he doesn't fold, it's okay. It's a decent spot. Mm-hmm. If he has a pocket pair between the seven and the king, which is his other, his only other type of holding that he really has at this point, right? Yeah. Um, he's probably going to check those, and that's okay because I have a decent amount of equity and get to see what the river is and figure it out. I guess, I guess um, Schindler has a hand like ace-queen suited with two back doors on the flop. Maybe he could have that. Ace-queen of spades. Ace-queen of spades, ace-queen of hearts. Yeah. Right. Um, he could have these hands. He's, he's going to bet ace-queen of hearts probably on the turn if we checked him. And that would be great to check shove against because then like Schindler's in a weird spot. I mean, um, we're, we're actually fine no matter what he does. Yeah, if he... We're, if we're he not call- shoving, though, are we? No, That's we'll check, check big raise probably. Yeah. So if he calls, it's probably not going to be quite the right price for him. And it's still good for us because we have great equity against that hand. Yeah, we're, we're in incredible shape against yeah. ace-queen of hearts there. Um, yeah, maybe maybe specifically like ace queen suited that had the two back doors. Maybe ace jack is the same way. If he, yeah. if he called ace jack pre, I'm not even sure he does that, but he might. The suiteds, um, and if he does, he's got he's got two back doors a lot. Maybe he's calling on that relatively cheap board in position once with those hands. He probably is. Yeah. So okay, so those are hands that we're actually ahead of too, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Which which may feel obligated to take a shot right now. Mm-hmm. By the way, so we get to fold those out, which is not a bad thing for us, even though we're ahead. So he must be going for the check race. Feels like he's probably going for the check race. Okay, good. All right. Well, that makes sense. Though. Yeah. That's fine. Schindler checks back. Yeah, Schindler's like, what value comes of me betting here? Am I going to fold out two tens? I'm afraid I might. Yeah, that's not great. Uh, am I going to fold out ace-king? I don't think so. Feels like a check. Yeah, he Schindler, does. Schindler does a nice job here. Schindler so far doing everything right. Of course. Odomo just doing everything different. Yeah, both, both playing the hand pretty interestingly. Everything's cool so far. I mean, Schindler's not playing the hand interestingly at all. I disagree. <laughs> Sorry, you're right. You're right. Uh, interestingly, is the wrong word. Both playing the hand well. Yes. That's what I guess I mean. Um, it just differently yeah. from each other. It's, e- it's easier to pinpoint that Schindler is playing the hand well. It's hard to know if Adamo is actually playing the hand well or if he's just doing if, weird Adamo if stuff. If we didn't know that his name was Michael Adamo and all this stuff had been happening, we'd be like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Yeah. Right? Like, why would he do that when you can just call at level one? Why right. would he? And we might get to some speculation, but we probably wouldn't have given him this much credit and gotten this far down the rabbit hole. If but it was Sean Winter, you would shit all over the place. I'd play. be like, that guy is... <laughs> yeah, I won't say. I won't even say it. Um, yeah. Um, but it's Adamo, so I, I feel, uh, we feel obligated yeah. To like scratch out reasons that make sense because he's dominating the circuit. Yeah. So like, how can you say like, oh, he just doesn't know what he's doing? Like, oh, that's crazy. And I, I see that even in our Discord channel a little bit of people like really critiquing like Adamo's call with queens when ah, yeah. when Klein shoves, like saying that's a mistake. And it's like, ultimately, maybe you're right that it's a mistake, but it, it seems like you can't just say, well, if I do the quick combos, it's a, it's a pretty easy fold. And it's yeah. like, well, obviously, Adamo's doing those combos and doing something else, too. Right. right. So we need, to go, we need to go a little deeper. That is what the Discord is for, though. Is of course. You're, you're welcome to critique the best player in the world. That's fine. 
I, th- I totally, I totally welcome it, and I like it on the Discord. Oh, it's good. It yeah. just is expect to hear from yeah. me, you, or someone else saying like, "Well, you're not being really reasonable to Adamo." And right. When you do that. That's all. Yeah. Like that's the, the that's it's the discourse on the Discord. It's a thing of beauty. Anyway, use the link. All right, the river <laughs> is a very disappointing one for Michael Adamo. It is the king of diamonds. It's not the nine of hearts. He doesn't make the, the flesh. No, that would be not disappointing. Yeah, it's the king of diamonds. Interesting card. Any king is the worst card in the deck for Adamo, right? It seems like a really bad card yeah. for him. You're right. Because how are we supposed to get Jax to fold now? Right. When we check the turn, Jax just have to call. Yeah. Like that. I guess we could size it in such a way we could, we could fold out Jax once in a while. I don't see, in practice, almost any sizing that's going to fold out Schindler that isn't beyond ridiculous. Right. So if we sh- two and a half X the potty's going to fold, but maybe. So Schindler's holdings are eights plus pocket pairs and some kings that might have checked back the turn. And some uh, potential ace, queen, ace, jack, suited hands that checked back. They're going... They should mostly bet, though. They're going to bet. They should mostly bet. Yeah. You're right. So, like, you can't fold that range out with a bet. I don't think... Maybe we can fold at the very bottom of the... Maybe we can fold out eights and nines, maybe. Yeah, but we block eights anyway. Nines may just hold on when we check the turn. I mean, it looks like we've got queens when we... If we were to bet now, right? A lot. Um, So maybe they fold. But that's just not enough of the range to to target. So Adamo checks, and it seems like that's the right move. He's like, all right, I guess you win. And uh, here's a problem for, for players who want to go for thin value. Yeah. Michael Adamo's at the table. Yeah. That's the problem. This reminds me of when Ben Lamb went for thin value against Vanessa Selps, and she just destroyed him in, yeah. the, in the World Series. Do you know, you know what I'm talking about, the I, hand? I think so, yeah. Yeah, Vanessa has, like, top pair Ben Lamb and the board pairs, and Ben Lamb, like, has a flush and raises. And she just like sits there for a little bit and just three bets big with yeah. top pair and he just folds and she's like, I have a blocker to the full house. What are you <laughs> supposed to do? And like if he just calls, he wins every time. But and against most players, you can either get value or they fold. And they always have it when they three bet. But then you have people like Vanessa and or Michael Adamo. Yep. And then there's Jake Schindler over here. Yeah. And you know what he should do is tap the table and say I big mean, enough. You, I mean, that's not what he should do. No, it's not. But that's what that's what'll work. Yeah. Will other plays work? Let's find out. Maybe. Sh- not. Okay. I I think it's pretty clear that he should go for thin of value. Of course, he should bet here yeah. with queens specifically. We're losing to a weirdly played aces, and we're beating. We're hoping to get called by jacks, right? Yeah. Oh, we're specifically targeting like jacks and tens. Now aces might have. You wouldn't put him on aces, but I could see Adamo yeah. playing aces this way to go for the check raise on the turn. Oh, okay, maybe. Yeah. Um. Or even just to check call on the turn, by the way, and like let Schindler fire away and then give him a chance to fire the river. I think the check raise is probably a slightly better play. But just because it's so hard for Schindler to have you beat. Yeah. It's just hard to get value with the check raise on the turn. You're trying to maximize value in every spot. I'm saying it's hard to get value. But it's not. But it is. You're Michael Odabo. What's, what's Schindler supposed to call you with when you check raise? We were saying we thought Schindler was going to fold ace-king. A king. We were saying he was going to fold ace-king when we were check-raising our seven. Remember? That was part no, of the idea. No, we didn't say he would fold necessarily all of his kings, but like it, that if he calls, at least it's okay because it's the king of hearts. Oh, that's true. If, 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 no, I thought we were saying not that. I thought we were saying it's harder for him to call because he never has the flush draw along with the pair. Yeah. That's what I thought you were saying. Not, not that he's... Oh, I was mostly okay. saying like the other, in the oh, instances the that we get okay. called, it's actually our always, it's always okay. Our outs are clean. Yeah. Right. It's actually good in both, in yeah. both ways, right? Anyway... I feel like a check raise is going to work a lot against even ace king uh, on the turn, okay, which makes fine. me wonder if ch- aces is a good check. Doesn't but matter. Let's, let's not fight anymore about that. Let's fight about what actually happens. Right. So Schindler obviously going for value from Jack's tens. Of course. Those hands. Uh, of course he should bet. This works against everyone. Yeah, he bets Almost. 55K. It's fine. Into how much? Uh, into 96. Great. 
Yeah. It's like, okay, have Jackson call me, please. Michael yeah. Adamo. Time for me to, to get, win a huge pot because you made it really big preflop. Yep. All right. What do you think is going to happen? I mean, I know it's going to happen. Obviously, we've set this up pretty clear, pretty obvious for every other listener. Anyone who has been like, you know, listening to this should know what's going to happen. Obviously, Adamo's going to race. He's going to basically put Schindler all in, like almost all of Schindler's chips. Yeah. 240K he raises to. Oh, man. What a, what a rough spot for Jake. Is this a good idea as I Michael should. Adamo? Okay, well, here's the, here's the key piece, and this has to be correct, but we just have to think Schindler's usually bending his kings on the turn. Yep, that's the, definitely the key. I don't know if Schindler is, by the way. If we're putting Adamo on a hand like queens and jacks, he three bets pre, he bets the flop, he checks the turn. I think we are checking back some of our kings. Yeah. Um, is Schindler, let's say Schindler has king jack suited for a second. Okay. Is he definitely calling this race? What is Adamo repping? He's repping ace-king plus. He's repping ace-king, I think, pretty clearly. Yeah. Almost always ace-king. He can, of course, have full houses, too, but it's almost all ace-king. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, not be- we're still not beating any value, but we have a blocker now. So then, we- Well, the thing that's tough as Schindler is you have to construct a bluffing range. Yeah. And how do you do that? I- it's almost impossible to come up with a bluffing range. It has to be that... Adamo's sitting there with two tens, and he's like, oh, no, I'm no good. Yeah. You, don't ha- you would have checked back nines, and you're betting jacks and queens. Right. Oh, no, I'm going to turn my hand into a bluff. Yeah. Um, which is basically what happened, by the way. Yeah, so here's a question which I, had, I have no answer for. Is this a better hand to bluff with, or is nines a better hand to bluff with if you're Adamo? What's, like, this, should this, this, be- is, this has got to be a better hand, right? Why? Well, the question is, what's Schindler more likely to have, right? Um, is he more likely to have 9, 10? No, is there an 8 on board? There's no, no 8 on board. 8, 9 suited or pocket 7s, right? That's the question. I think he's more, if, of the two, I think I'd give him more pocket 7s. Yeah. I don't know if he has either one. But if I had to guess, I would say in position, he's probably going to play the pocket pair to see if he can. He thinks like sometimes I don't have to flop a set and I can still win. But when I flop a set, I win a huge hand. I'm not going to just fold the set in level one or fold a pocket pair in level one against this fucking guy. I could, I could see him thinking that. I don't know if it's true. Yeah. I just feel like eight, nine suited. He's just that. He's got to throw away something. That's like one of the easiest hands to throw away. Yeah. I don't even know if he's opening eight, nine suited under the gun anyway. You may not be. Maybe he is because they're so deep. He probably is. But I'm not sure. And the hearts that Adamo blocks, which you wouldn't want to block in a typical scenario, don't actually matter because Schindler never holds either of those hearts as part of a heart draw in his hand. It feels like, as you said, he's always betting the ace-queen of hearts or ace-jack of hearts on the turn if he gets there. Well, anyway. But, of course, Adamo doesn't have those hearts. He has the seven of hearts and, and the eight of hearts, which never blocks anything oh. that Schindler has. Oh, right, right, of course. Yeah, of course, which is what I'm saying, pre-flop. I, I, I miss it. So, so like, usually you'd be like, I, I want to unblock hearts you know, to make this move. Right. right. But what That's, I'm saying is that does not matter here. Yeah, right. He can't have the ace-eight of hearts. Yeah. Like, ever. No. Yeah. Okay, I totally agree. Yeah. So I don't know what a good hand to do this with is. It's just I'm uncapped and he's capped. I feel like that's almost all of it. Well, I'm uncapped and I hope he's capped. Yeah. By the way, there's, I believe Schindler will have some ace-king here. Can show up with ace-king. And also quads. Yes. Ace-king more than quads, but ace-king. Yeah. Ace-king feels like you're mostly calling pre-flop until you see Adama doing this all the time. On the flop, you're just calling. On the turn, you're betting a lot, but you're not always betting because yeah. you're like, I'm afraid to lose him, so I don't want to fold out tens here. Right. Let's get value. Sometimes I'm going to check. Sometimes you're going to bet. Sometimes you're going to check, right? Because what are you supposed to have? You like always have a king or better when you bet, right? Yeah. So 
You're just like, eh, it's hard to get value. So you might check it back, and you can't fold ace-king when he check raises. Can you? You just can't. Probably you're not. like, oh, we chop a lot, and I lose, but you're a domo, I have to call. Yeah. You don't have to have it. You're weird, and you've got all the chips. Already. Right. So you're just, you're just forced to call. But king-queen, even king-queen... Is the same problem as King Jack, right? Yeah. Like we're chopping at very best. I don't even know if Adamo's going to check raise King Queen for value on the river. Hard to know because I think Schindler at least can have Ace King. Yeah, he can. We block it. He might have played it differently in different streets. But where are we supposed to get value from anyway? King Jack now. I mean, it's the same thing as King Queen, really, or Ace King, really, from Schindler's yeah. point of view on the turn. I think this can ultimately all be summed up. In the way, the first thing you said on the river, which is the most important thing, is how frequently is Schindler betting his kings on the turn? And if it's a lot, this play is going to work so frequently. Yeah. Until Schindler adjusts and starts calling with hands like queens. Which is so hard to do. And of course he does not. Of course he doesn't. Yeah. How can you call? You right. can't call. You feel so stupid if you call here and lose. Yep. You feel, at least Negrano, who busted 20 minutes earlier or something like that, to Adamo, had top, top. Like, we didn't have top pair. Like, I mean, it just seems rough. You just feel like he's going to turn over pocket sixes all day. Right. Know, or ace king. Fives or just ace day. king. Or ace king. Right. And he, those things are just so easy for him to turn over. Yep. And of course, he can have other weird stuff. He can have king seven suited and dumb shit like that. We can't. Right. If anyone can have it, Adamo can have it. Right. Of the two of us. He can have all the weird stuff. We what have a, zero weird what stuff. What a nightmare this guy is. He's a so, nightmare. So this means we just can't go for thin value until we come up with a better def- defense against him taking advantage of us. We yeah. just have to check back now? I, that seems that like terrible. That can't be right. That can't be right. Okay, so if we're not going to check back, we're going to keep going for... This isn't even thin value, by the way, betting. It's case. not it's that just thin. reasonable value. Yeah. Um, so if we're going to bet this, we have to find some calls, I guess. We're just going to have to find some calls. Well, that means we, we either we populate our range with more checks of kings on the turn that make right. it easy to... That's the other move. ...easy to fold this hand. Right. Or we call with this hand. We, have, we, we need to sit there and think, how many, how many kings are we actually checking back? Um, how many kings do we have that we actually get here with? And if the answer is almost zero, yeah, we just have to call with this hand, right? Unless, is there a better blocking, blocking hand from Schindler's point of view? Actually, Queens is pretty good, right? Yeah, we block King-Queen, which is okay. It's not... It, it helps a little bit. I mean, I guess Ace-Queen... No, we can never do that with Ace-Queen. No, we can't call That's, with Ace-Queen. We, we'd never we, get, we would we, actually lose to this hand. Yeah. Yeah, what a disaster <laughs> that would be. Yeah. Oh, my God. That'd be, you're like, I block Ace-King and King-Queen. I call. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people do that. Yeah. Adamo's bluffs are, this, this is part of that whole weird middle pair bluff yeah. thing where one, your stories are harder to put together as where the bluffs come from. And then two, sometimes your bluff catchers aren't good enough when they're doing with middle pair. Yeah. Like you actually, you, you accidentally merge when you turn middle pair into a bluff sometimes if the guy heroes you sometimes. You're like, they call and you're like, oh yeah, I just have a nine. They're like, make the face and fold. And you're like, Vanessa Selps has happened, so I feel like <laughs> twice a year on TV, you know? Right. She, can't, she makes this incredible hero call with two pair on a four-flush board, and the guy's like, I have two pair. And she, like, looks at them, and they're like, yeah, I have queens and fours, and she just, like, looks at them like they're the dumbest fucking guy in the world and, and mucks her hand. Yeah. 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 Those are great moments. Those are. <laughs> Speaking of great moments, Michael Damo had one a yeah. couple days later when he won this event. He sure did. Um, Three million dollars. Man, this guy plays interesting poker. This was a pretty great hand. I mean... Did Schindler ever do anything that we have a problem with? No. I think I would have played every street the same way as Schindler, and I would have been very proud of it. Yeah, I feel like yeah. it's, every street is not just justified, but like... Correct. Hard to argue that anything is incorrect at any point at all, and yet Adamo just blew, blew him away, really, right. ultimately, and won a huge pot doing so. And like you could see if Adamo's doing this every so often, how he's going to destroy these high roller events, if he's successfully doing this. The thing is, like, 
It sounds actionable when you say it like that I for know. the listeners to be like, okay, I'll, I'll do just that. do that. Yeah. yeah. Good luck. He, he has special metrics for when to do this that we certainly don't know what they well, are. Well, part of it like, is like what we're saying, which is Schindler and company can't think he's doing this. Now, right. they're going to find out eventually because of the stream, but they've got to be thinking, like, is he doing it? Or am I just like, it's close. You know, I can't tell if he's bullying the table or not. That's where you're like, right on the, I think, the perfect edge against the great players. Yeah. And so Adamo may be just there where it's like, oh, it's free. He may be just taking just a few more spots than everyone else and taking them in such a way that I just can't call. It's harder to call even when I think he's taking the spot, but I don't know he's taking the spot where I just have to call with queens because it's such a polarizing race kind of a thing. Yeah. Like, he'd never do this with aces, right? Like, you never do this with so many hands. The evolution of Michael Adamo, for it, like, from my perspective, yeah, very I interesting know. because, like, the like winter, spring, summer of 2020, 2021 was like, you know, the pandemic time when there was tons of online events and not as many live events. And Michael Adamo kept cropping up. And we would just be like, yeah, this guy's really doing well in these online yeah. events. He must be this online crusher guy. But we, we never really thought that much of it. Like, hey, he's played play some interesting poker and is doing well in these online events. And then he's just like, strapped a rocket to his back as far as his prestige in the poker community and if it, it feels like everywhere it was like just a few years ago that him and like sergio ido is that the guy's name aido oh yeah like we're like of the same ilk right and like Ido's a good player he's successful he's one of the better big time players in the world and yet adamo was like his peer and now is like just better than everyone and like it's weird now maybe that wasn't true but that was the perception sure yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's um, take a look at what the solver had to say. Awesome. Be right back. All right, we're going to solve Michael Adamo. You're welcome, Poker World. You don't have to worry about this guy anymore. Jason Kuhn, you're forever in our debt. Yeah, because now it's going to be easy. After we look at the solver stuff about this hand, Michael Adamo is going to be like, oh, they figured it out. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) So let's see what the solver had to say about this thing. Okay. Um, on the flop, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't really do preflop. So obviously Adamo's decision preflop is very interesting, but the solver doesn't really have any opinion on that. Um, it wants Adamo to bet bigger, more like two thirds of the pot. Of course, the solver is unaware of preflop and the leverage that Adamo has created at this stage of the tournament. A small bet probably accomplishes the same thing. Yeah, I think so. On this board, this feels like this is the, it feels like this has got to be right, the right play. And this is going to get a huge amount of faults. Uh, it's just not, not against this hand. Right. The solver does want Schindler, of course, to call most of the time, but this is the first, oh, the solver wants him to do that yeah. moment here where it does want him to call 91% of the time, but he wants him to raise queens on this king high board in a, like 9% of the time. Well, again, the solver is blind to the preflop action, right? All yeah. it knows is that effectively that Schindler's in position yeah. and, it's been a, and there's been a bet to him. So it may think that like, you know, I can raise and get called by worse hands because the hands aren't as defined as they might otherwise be. Now, the ranges kind of are, though. Yeah, it is. So it's, it's always not, the same. It's not so straightforward. Yeah. I'm, I'm very surprised. Danny that, put the ranges in as if they yes, were the ranges that you would expect course. from a three-bet pot. Of course he did. Uh, I find it really surprising that uh, the solver would want to do it this way. The solver may not know, though, that um, its opponent's range when it's got queen, queen, it's trying to figure out what to do, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we know both ranges. It doesn't. So, hmm. I'm surprised because it just feels like Queen Queen is such an obvious 100% of the time call, not 91%. That's right. All. But that's what the solver does. It does trying, weird shit. By the way, I don't a little value. think I mentioned this was done by Danny Sprung. I don't I'm going to mention did. it now. Danny you Sprung. Son of a man. Son of a man. Son of a man. All right. <laughs> On the turn. Okay. Adamo's check is solver perfect. Uh, it likes checking the turn. It wants to check everything in his range uh, 
85% of the time. Yep, so 50% sure. of the range can bet. But you would think... You would think that when he turns a combo draw, that's a time that you would up that frequency. But instead, it only wants to bet this hand 3% of the time. It's weird, especially because this is the kind of hand where when we improve on the river to a straight, to a flush, or to trips, or to pair, by the way, all of it is going to be scary for our opponents. Uh, like, it's going to be hard to get value on the river is what I'm saying. Yeah. So you think, like... Building a pot now, so if we get called, we get to win a bigger pot. And taking that fold equity now, so we win the pot more often, seems like it makes sense. And yet the solver does not agree and wants to almost always check these combo draws. Which, uh, good luck telling, like, making me understand that. Like, why would you want to check that instead of something else? Right. I mean, it's one thing where, uh, one of the things Danny wrote is that the six of hearts is, like, the worst possible card. For, for, for his range. For though. his range, right. right. But he's, if he's going to bet 15% of the range, you would think... You'd be betting this more than 15% yeah. of the time, not less than Yeah, you, you would the up the frequency for yes. the actual hands that the card is good for, Yeah, even though it's bad for your range. So who right. knows? Solver's messing with my mind. Anyway, after the check that Adamo makes, Queens always checks. That makes right. plenty of sense. Sure. I mean, you could bet to deny equity from, I don't know, ace, ace whatever, but... You'd bet now to, to deny equity and to, to get a little value and then to be able to check quickly back on the river. So you could bet... Uh, you basically get to choose the amount that goes in instead of having to bluff catch the river for maybe an amount that you're going to be uncomfortable with or maybe fold to or something like that, right? Yeah. That'd be, that'd be the strategic reason to bet now that I can think of. We can, of course, squeeze some value out of some hands, too. Still. A little, yeah. Probably Not like, a lot. Like this hand. This is a great hand to squeeze value. Yeah. But, but, of course, I think we would, in practice, be checking this most of the time because we'd be worried about game theory disaster spots and yeah. just folding out worse hands too often. Right. On the river... The solver does check Adamo's hand 80% of the time. Cool. If you're betting, it's mostly just as a bluff, I guess. And it's a strange bluff. I don't know. Is it? Is it a bluff? Like, what? Like, are we not? Are we, would we, try, would we be going after fives and we're going, weird sixes that were like straight draws on the flop? To get, so we're, so it's a value bet to get called by those hands. Yeah, because it just seems weird to bluff with a hand this good when it goes check, How, check. Well, okay. It's weird. Maybe maybe that's what the solver's thinking. As Of course, we know Shinlo doesn't have any fives or weird sixes because Adamo, like, nine and a half X right. to preflop. Right, of course. Yeah. yeah. Schindler's actual range is way too tight to ever bet this for value. You're, you're 100% And it's probably right. not in the range that Danny put in, right? Because he's aware of the preflop action when he put in the ranges. Um, sure, but again, Adamo's range in the solver doesn't know what Schindler's range comp- is comprised of necessarily. It's only playing its own range. Ah, yeah, okay. That, that's That's fair. Yeah. Either way, I think a bet would be a bluff more than it would be for value. It would be like a large bet, and it would be to get Schindler off a hand like he has. It seems really strange to bluff this one. We, we can come up with so many hands that we're beating that it's going to go check, check, like ace-queen, right? Ace-queen's the perfect candidate for it to go check, check, and we win. And betting is, does nothing for us. Yep. So I would be targeting that as a check. Right. <laughs> Queens, of course, for Schindler always bets the river on of this course. king. That makes of lots of sense. That's what all the good players do. Yeah. But then you run into Michael freaking Adamo, and he's like, bing! Take that, Schindler. Yeah. Um, it, the solver actually prefers a call to raising, but thinks both are profitable. Yeah. With the seven, eight of hearts. It, it, it thinks a call is more profitable, but is okay with the raise. It, but it never actually raises, I, I think, just for frequency stuff, because it's got other raises, right? Yeah. Other bluffs that it thinks are better than this one. Mm-hmm. Probably bluffs that have nines in them, is my guess, mostly, yeah. right? Um, nine seven stuff like that, and uh, we don't know how to deal with this as Jake Schindler. But the solver says the way we deal with this is to call half the time with queens. I mean, 
yeah, okay. I mean, sure. I'm not saying that's wrong because it's, it's a very bizarre spot. And it feels like you just have to fold, though, which is maybe one of the beautiful things psychologically about this hand, where it's yeah. like, how can I call? Of, of the hands of this ilk, the solver prefers a hand like pocket nines because it blocks the straight for Schindler to call with. It's interesting because like queens blocks, you know, king queen, which also feels like, well, I, I don't know. I don't know. Neither of them make a whole lot of sense if we actually are able to step back out of Solverville and look at the preflop action. Right. You wouldn't expect either one of those hands to be there that often. Turns yeah. out they both can be they probably, probably for can. a domino. Maybe king-queen is less likely than these other hands. Who knows? Based, I don't know. Yeah, but we, we would just be guessing if we yeah. said that. That's that's what playing against Michael Adamo is like. I You're mean, it makes me want to jam one of those little... What are those things called that you, um, when you're gardening, a little sharp... Knife. Stabby knife. You no, know, they're like little shovels, little knife shovels. Trowels. Trowel. Yeah, I want to have a trowel like right into your eyes because it, it hurts so bad. They'll read the solver stuff. It's so confusing. I just want to stab was, your face. That was incredibly violent. <laughs> well, it was just words. Right, of course. Sticks and stones, brah. Yeah. Trowels and barrels. Trowels man. and barrels. Yeah, good point. I don't really want to stick a trowel in your eye, but it, but it's confusing me. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that enrages you. <laughs> I just want to understand everything. And it is a little tough uh, in my mind. It's interesting. Basically, it wants to, um, yeah, call half the time, fold the rest, call with nines, which I guess makes sense. Yeah. I guess. Uh, if I there's know. anything in this world that Jonathan Levy despises, it's solvers. <laughs> That's not true. Do you like solvers? I do. Do you I like the outputs cool. that they give? I think the outputs are fascinating. Uh, I just don't you just want that. Them. You just want to stab people with trowels. I want to only stab you and only in the eyes. Oh, and that's fine. Well, I'm not, I don't want to stab you like till you're dead, just till you're blind. Wow. And probably in one eye, to be fair, but maybe both. You know what? That's quite generous. Maybe both. That's quite sometimes. generous. Anyway, join us on the Discord. Okay. That link is in the description. Danny will post his work there. We'll see you there. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make it.